Thanks for listening to the Life Church Boise weekly podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Mark Bohr. For any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. is there is liberty and Lord we yield ourselves to the spirit of freedom tonight we rejoice and we are glad we rejoice we rejoice we rejoice and we are glad 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 in you glad in you hallelujah glad in you we give you all the glory all the praise all the honor all the worship Amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, what's up, everybody? Man, it's good to worship the Lord, huh? Do so as much as you have an opportunity to. And don't always just do it with a song, with the radio or something or whatever. Just let words flow out of your heart. Words of thanksgiving and praise. Amen. And uh, you'll find that God will hook up with you in that. He'll connect with you because it's a praise flow. That's of Him. The Spirit of God will always want to give glory to Jesus, and He'll lead you to do so. Amen? If you call yourself Spirit-filled, Spirit-filled people are also praise-filled people. It's one thing for us to label ourselves as, I'm a, I'm a Spirit-filled Christian. <laughs> well, do Spirit-filled things then, if that's true. <laughs> Spirit-filled people don't gripe. And complain and fuss about everything and talk about everything negative. Spirit-filled people are full of praise and thanksgiving. They are. You read that right in context with that language, Ephesians 5, different places. And uh, full of thanksgiving, full of praise all the time. Amen. Especially if it's if you got any challenges going on, that's time to get your spirit-filled on. It's time to do spirit-filled all day long. What does that mean? Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your promises. Thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we have the victory now. Thank you, Lord, that we are loved. We are accepted in the beloved. Amen. Amen. Devil's on the run. And we're going to live and have some fun. <laughs> Amen, amen. Well, if you're new to our uh, Wednesday night believer service, we come to flow. We come to just listen to the Lord and and, uh, and worship Him, seek Him, and let Him show Himself strong. And He manifests all over the place all the time in various ways. He already is. And uh, they're different from week to week. And uh, But I, I don't really care to do one per thing in particular. I'm not trying to have a A kind of service or a J kind of service. or I just want the will of God to be done. You know, one of the things that has come up in my heart uh, over the last few weeks, again and again, when I go to pray, some of our corporate prayer meetings, some of it on my own, keeps coming up in my heart, just the uh, simple prayer for the will of God to be done. The will of God to be done. And uh, you might recall over in Matthew chapter 6, that was part of the prayer that Jesus gave to his disciples when they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And one of the things the Lord stated in there was pray 
your will be done to the Father. Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, the will of God is always done in heaven. There is no rebellion. There's no one who's unwilling. <laughs> There's no one who says, Lord, Father, I'm going to pray about that. <laughs> Let me get back to you if I feel good about that. <laughs> Say, Father, I don't really have a witness on that. <laughs> now, the will of God is always done in heaven. Jesus said, pray that it be, be that way here. Be done here. Now, now, how many know the will of God is not just what God does? The will of God is what we do. Uh, I mean, obviously, he's going to do his will wherever he's allowed, enabled, invited, asked. Uh, but, but we are supposed to do his will. The will of God done on earth means you do the will of God for your life. I do the will of God for my life. It means I resist some other wills. Right? We could say the will of the devil. I don't want that will. We could even say the will of me. My plan for my life. No, that gets set aside as well. When we seek the will of God, that's a real specific thing to him. Amen. And, you know, I mean, you could say, uh, just like there is the will of God, some have said it this way, uh, you know, Romans chapter 12 speaks about good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Some have, you know, broken those down, and uh, I don't want to get into that right now as far as good, acceptable, and perfect, but, um, uh, you know, the enemy, you could say that he has a will for your life too, right? What would be the devil's will for your life? <laughs> Yeah, well, first, first and best would probably be you die and go to hell. Anyone interrupted that will already? Yeah. Not going. <laughs> Not going to do it. Uh, so we avoided that plan, huh? Would there be a, 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 a permissive will of the devil for your life? Well, since we didn't get that accomplished, what else would he want? Some of you... You know, shout it out, kill, steal, and destroy. <laughs> That's about right. You know, it's just, as long as you're going to heaven when you die, well, let's make it as miserable as possible while you're here. Right? But let's interrupt that will too. Because the will of God is always the opposite. So, of course, he wants, it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to a knowledge of the truth. Thank God I'm in. Yeah. But more people need to come in. But also then his will, Jesus said, uh, I'm getting this from you now. I'm supposed to be getting it from the Lord, but you, you guys gave me that scripture. <laughs> but he said, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So that's the will of God. When I have an abundant life, that is the will of God. Amen. And, and so, I, again, it stirs, I, I'm stirred in my heart. Pray, pray, pray that the will of God would be done. The will of God would be done. The will of God would be done. Let's be will of God conscious, mindful that he does have a plan. He does have a design. He has a, there's something he wants to do. Let's be conscious of that, mindful of that at all times. Lord, your will be done. A amen. And we should think that way daily. I, I don't mean that he necessarily has a will that you wear the blue shirt and not the red shirt. Uh, there, there are things that are more important and more eternal. Huh? Yeah. You know, Jesus, let, let, me, let, let's, let me read this verse. 
uh, in John chapter John chapter four. John the fourth chapter, Jesus made this statement, outstanding statement. When that, when his disciples were telling him to eat, he said, "Rabbi, eat." In verse thirty-one, he said to them, verse thirty-two, "I have food to eat of which you do not know." Now he's not like people do today, and they're snuffing, stuffing granola bars in their bag, and <laughs> and, and Jesus saying, "I snuck some food along. You guys don't know about it. I have, I have food that you don't know about." He's not talking about that. There, verse thirty-three. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, "Has anyone brought anything to eat?" They they th- they're still thinking naturally when often Jesus is speaking spiritually. Now, be aware of that when he talks to you, that your mind might immediately go to natural things, but it's spiritual in nature. Uh, Jesus said to them, verse 34, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Well, that's quite a powerful statement. My food is to do his will. What's your food? (laughs) My food, cheeseburgers, you know, or, or whatever. My food, Jesus says, is to do the will of him who sent me. Food is something that you need to live. Food is something that sustains your life, right? Food is something you enjoy, unless it's, you know, some bad food. Uh, You know, food is a lot of things to us naturally. Jesus said, I live, I'm sustained, I'm upheld, I live. It's, It's what keeps me going. It's what I enjoy, And that is the will of him who sent me. You want to find the greatest fulfillment and satisfaction in life? Do God's will. Do God's will. Everything else will fall short. It will be hollow. Be like Chinese food. You're hungry in an hour. (laughs) Or so the saying goes. (laughs) Right? And anything else, anything we do that's just based on our will or it's the enemy's will, what happened? What happens? Yeah, you might feel good about it for a little bit, but it'll be short-lived and it'll run out. And you'll say, man, there's something missing in me. There's something still lacking. There's something that's not right. You do the will of God, it sustains you. Huh? It'll go with you for a while like oatmeal. Everybody say, thank God for oatmeal. (laughs) Some of you didn't even participate. Come on now. Amen. The will of God. Jesus said, that's that's my food. That's my food. Now, uh, now go back with me to Psalm chapter 40. Psalm, if you're new to the scripture, Psalm. <laughs> Chapter 40. Uh, this is uh, David, actually, King David, writing the psalm. However, some of the psalms, as you might be familiar with, were often prophetic. So they weren't just... they. What I mean by that is they weren't just prophetic for him. They weren't just inspired uh, for what he was going through and dealing with, and sometimes they were, but often they had a, a double meaning. 
You ever find that in the scriptures, Old Testament especially, that prophets would speak and it had an immediate application to what was happening, say, in a nation at that time, but then also it had a spiritual application that sometimes was referring to Jesus and even end times that we're living in. A lot of times you'll read scriptures in the Old Testament that have that dual application um, there. This is one of them. So David was writing it, but it's really Jesus saying it. Okay, and you see this because when you go over to Hebrews chapter 10, you see the same words attributed to Jesus. In, in Psalm chapter 40 and uh, verse 6, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, my ears you have opened, burnt offerings and, and sin offering you did not require. Then I said, Behold, I come in the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. See, that's the Lord Jesus saying that, even though it was written then. It was a prophetic thing that he would say. How did Jesus live his life? He found delight in doing the will of God. First of all, let's get this, know that you can. Uh, Sometimes people think of of being a, if if I'm fully devoted and completely sold out to the Lord, that's a hard life. No, actually, you can find delight in doing the will of God to to where you crave it. You desire it. Lord, give me something to do. I tell you, His will is good. We'll say sometimes it's hard to live for the Lord. No, it's impossible if you're in your flesh. If you're in the flesh and doing things in your own strength and will, you're not going to succeed at being a Christian. Huh? It's the the all-in concept. You know, when you... uh, uh, when you do certain things in life, unless you go all the way, it doesn't work. Uh, I remember, um, and some of you played football and so forth, uh, remember uh, hearing this concept that even even young kids when they're playing, uh, what, what's, that, what's that league, optimist or something like that, football, that they are told, and some of you football players can verify that you learned this as well, that when they tackle, they need to tackle hard. And, and tackle fully and go, I, I don't know if I'm saying it right, to go all in. Otherwise, it's going to hurt. Am I right? Wave your hand at me, anyone who knows that? Okay. Yeah. And there's something about doing it part way. You're going to get injured. You're going to get hurt. It, it, it's not, but when you go all, which, which logically you might think, well, that will hurt more if I hit them harder. But it doesn't. Right? And there's something about doing the will of God, going all in and saying everything, sold out the whole route and giving it all to you, that's when it starts working. And there's something about committing to it up front, even before you know what is all involved in it. Now, I know we don't like to do that naturally speaking. If we're going to put ourselves into something, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to buy a a home and we're going to sign a contract, we're going to sign on our name on the line to purchase something we want to know everything that's involved in it. i'm not saying don't do that that's probably wisdom know what you're getting into uh, but with god you do, do you do proceed by faith knowing his character knowing his promises 
but not necessarily knowing everything he's going to ask of you from here forward. I mean, there's no way for us to know that. But we commit to him, we commit to his will, not knowing some stuff and what he might want us to do. But that's how this game works. That's how the kingdom of God works. You do have to trust one. Trust the one, obviously, trust the one who loves you. Trust the one who is faithful, who is kind. His name is love. I mean, it's, it's kind of a good deal, but you still have to trust him. But you do so, and you go all in, not knowing everything he might ask of you, but you just do it. Amen. And, and so Jesus lived that way. He found delight in the will of God. The will of God. Now, now, now go with me over to uh, Matthew, Matthew chapter 16. Matthew, the 16th chapter. And uh, in this particular chapter... Um, you recall Jesus was having the discussion with his disciples about who, he said, who do men say that I am? And they were giving him various answers. They heard from different people. Peter spoke up and had a revelation from, the, from God. He said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus told him, you didn't get this from flesh and blood, but the father in heaven revealed this to you. And, and so Peter's flowing in revelation, working in the stuff. And, and, and it goes on, what happens after that is, is very interesting. It says in verse 21, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. So, how many think what the Lord is telling them is a good thing? <laughs> well, you're not sure how to answer that. <laughs> yes, this is a good thing. And we should see that very, absolutely clearly because we're on the other end of this. And we realize if that didn't happen, we're toast. And so what he was talking about was a good thing. Um, but verse 22, then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. So we got Jesus speaking. We got the master saying, this is what's coming up. This is what's going down. This is what's going to happen. And Peter took the Lord aside to set him straight. He began to rebuke him, rebuke Jesus, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Now, of course, he's you might say, well, he's, you know, doing it out of kindness and he doesn't want the Lord to suffer. Uh, uh, sure, sure. But how many know human feelings are not always consistent with the will of God? What, what a person might perceive as being a better path is sometimes opposite of what God is doing. Uh, verse 23, but he, he being Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, who? Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. And so Peter hears the word of the Lord, does not agree with it, 
says, oh, no, that's not the way it's going to go down. He, he, he rebukes the Lord and says, that's not going to happen. Far be it from And so Jesus looks at him and says, basically, that's the devil talking through you. You're not getting this from God. You're getting that from Satan. Now, it seems compassionate, doesn't it? It seems kind what Peter's saying. It seems like, Peter, you're, you must be a really nice guy. You don't want Jesus to suffer like this. It sounds kind of good. Yet Jesus said, that's coming from the devil. That's Satan talking through you. And he rebuked him. That's interesting thinking, isn't it? He, again, you're an offense to me because you're not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. That is a concept that we should give some thought to. Are we mindful of the things of God, or are we mindful of the things of men? What is driving our thinking, our decisions, our interpretation? and discernment and judgment of things happening in our world because we're presented with stuff all the time and people are very quick to cast judgment they're very quick to have an opinion very quick to say uh-uh uh-huh i don't like that i like this and opinions fly all day long now watch without hardly any thought of what does God want? What is the will of God? And people are giving their opinion. They're setting themselves up in different camps. I'm a this. I'm for this. I'm against this. With no thought of God. This is concerning for our day, you guys. Because, listen, there's all kinds of talk. I mean, you know... It's kind of, it's even, it's, it's actually really weird how the national discussion in our day, it's a one-track mind about sexual stuff. It's either about, you know, homosexual stuff or transgender stuff or all, everything in that realm. And it's like, is there anything else to talk about <laughs> But you know, that's a, it's a big discussion, and where I don't want to miss it is where I'm mindful of men, men not being gender now, since that's part of the deal, <laughs> mankind, as I'm using it, men as the Bible would say, men, mankind, human beings. I'm not mindful of mankind, I want to be mindful of God. What does He say about things? And I, I realize this, and we all know this. In the world, they're likely to get a lot of this wrong. First John 5, the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Huh? Ephesians chapter 2, we were once children who were under the control of the spirit of disobedience. Okay, in the world, those outside of Christ are going to get these things wrong all day long. Why? There is, and, and we know this, but we should be reminded, there is real spiritual activity. There is a real spiritual war happening over truth. That's what the battle's always over because truth makes a person free, lies bind, bind them up. And so the enemy is always going to be hitting 
and coming against and trying to influence you to depart from truth and enter into a lie. Where is that, where is that found? Consistently you will see that it is found is the ways of man, the ways of mankind are contrary to the ways of God. And many times, just like Peter, you will see that the enemy will work and it will seem compassionate. It will seem like, from a human perspective, yes, this is the kind thing to do, the nice thing to do. But in reality, see, we got to have people with discernment who recognize the spirit behind things. It does not turn us into condemning people. Huh? But we do recognize, hey, there is more than one spiritual source to what the conversation is. There is the Spirit of God, and there is the Spirit of this world. Amen. And, 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 and we, we need to make sure that we, we let, we let um, love be defined by the Lord. Now, I shared this with you some time back, but you remember love has two big components in it. Two big components. You know what they are? They're found in, in John chapter 1. They are grace and truth. When you really operate in the love of God, you give people both grace and truth. If you take grace away, you it's like you have a club. And you might be right, technically right, but you're not nice. <laughs> You're not kind, you're not empowering, you're not, uh, none of that. But you take truth away and you might be, uh, you might be um, gracious, but you're not helpful. You leave people in bondage. You leave people without a way out. Yeah, right? And so when we, when we, when we see both, then we can recognize, okay, this is the ways of human beings. This is the ways of mankind but what matters to me more than anything is, Father, what do you think? What say you about this? If Peter could one minute have a revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and the next minute be yielding to Satan and rebuking the Savior, <laughs> it shows me the possibility I could get some stuff wrong. <laughs> You know, it'd be possible for me to yield to one spirit and then the wrong spirit the next minute. So I need to keep a watch on this. But my heart is this. And this is where we dig in and we said, say, Father, I delight to do your will. If we are truly committed to doing the will of God, we are, we're setting ourselves up to be in a position to see the will of God. To see through the fog when everyone else is arguing and fussing and, and, and getting into these little things. We're going to see through it and say, well, this is right. But it comes from a sincere heart. That what? Delights to do His will. I delight to do your will. Not just what seems good to me. You know that verse. There's a, a way that seems right unto a man, but the end leads to death. And so it might seem right to me, but I step back and say, what's the will of God in this? And how do I know the will of God? Well, we start off by the Word. The Word of God is the will of God. He doesn't say one thing and then mean something else. He doesn't say it one way, but His will really is something else. No, His Word 
is his will. And we as believers, we need to delight and make that our food and make that, that our, our, uh, our portion in life is to do the will of God. God. I want to carry it out. I want to save the lost and heal the sick and raise the dead. I, you know, I want, I want to help and restore, but I also want to follow his ways of righteousness. I want to do things heaven's way. I know God will work with that. Amen. And so again, that's interesting to me. Being mindful of the things of God versus the things of men. Amen. Uh, I, I, I talked to a friend who uh, told me a story. Um, well, it, it happens quite, quite a few years back, but he was, uh, basically he ran into this um, former girlfriend from way back. And and in talking with her, she gave him her number, said, call me. And he was uh, getting ready to go there, something. He was driving down the freeway, getting ready to go see this person or call or something. And, he, and the, the Spirit of God spoke to him and, and, and told him, and he said, and he said it was very clear and, and he actually said, he told me, he said, the Spirit of God spoke to me and used the King James Version. Because <laughs> it, uses, it uses a different word here. So maybe some of you have that. What's that word for mindful? Savers. And, uh, and he, that, that's, that's the word, what word he used. He said, the Lord said to him, she does not savor the things of God. So he took that number and ripped it up and threw it away. And, uh, and then later, with some other people, ran into this person because it was at a restaurant again. And, they, and, and this woman said to, said to them, so where you guys been? They said, we just came from church. And he said, she immediately went off. Church, church, God, is that all you guys talk about? And then went back on to serving like, like she never said it. But it was like, oh, I see. You watch. You'll see that the spiritual forces of darkness work with the ways of men. What will, what will the devil do? Well, in that situation and others, he will lead people to be against the things of God. Whether it's Jesus going to the cross for our redemption, whether it's our participation in the local church and doing the work of God, Satan will be opposed to it. People need to think about what spirit they're following when they make decisions. I mean, you'll, you'll find it more and more common, and I know, maybe we're preaching to the choir, but maybe I'm inspired for a reason. You'll find it more and more common in our day where people want to detach from anything organized and say, well, you know, you can be a, just as good a Christian out by yourself and alone. I don't have to gather with others and be a part of a local church. 
you know, and we might think, yeah, well, that's true. Salvation's personal. It's in, you can have that all by yourself. You can have a relationship with God. We need to watch, though. Peter's words sounded pretty good, too. There's a lot of words that sound kind of good. We go, huh. But what spirit is that of? Is that the spirit of God that would lead someone to think that way? Even though there might be some truth in it. Is it the spirit of God that would lead someone to think that way? To part to live their life that way? So how would I know that? Well, one, as we go back to the written word, does the Lord talk to people and tell people to think that way? Does he tell them to do stuff like that? And the answer is no. So that solves the question of what spirit is that? I mean, there is the the verse that tells us, where is it? Over there. John, James. uh, To test the spirits. First John. Got lots of Bible scholars here. First John. Test the spirits to see whether they are of God. Why would you have to test them to see if they are of God? Because they, without putting them to the test, they might come across across real God-looking. They might come across in such a way where it seems like, yeah, that makes sense. And I'm sure Peter thought he was doing the right thing. No, I'm not going to let this happen to you, Lord. But it was Satan speaking through him. I would just encourage everyone this way. Before you speak up, stop. That's scriptural, right? Be slow to speak. Before you, how many know you don't have to have an, an immediate opinion about everything? You don't. Who said, who said you have to have an opinion next month about everything? How about, I'm not participating in that conversation right now. Why, why would we do that? Well, for multiple reasons, but one is to make sure we're not on the wrong side of stuff. Make sure we're yielding to the Spirit of God. Make sure we're making decisions based upon His leading and we're not just getting caught up in the culture of our world which is mindful of the ways of man. Not mindful of heaven. Not mindful of God's thinking. And we, and we get caught on the wrong side of issues. And we're actually, it's not our intention, but we're fighting against God. Yikes. And so we step back, we pray, we study, we read, we, uh, you know, and what's the hurry? (laughs) Let's be on the right side of things. But I believe this helps us tremendously if we all start from this position. I'm committed to do the will of God. No matter what it is, the moment I discover, the moment I find out that God thinks and is and acts and wants me to behave or go a certain way, that's it. That means if I'm thinking blue, 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 and all of a sudden I find out blue's wrong, green's, green, green is the way, then thank you, Lord. Green is my favorite color. I don't even like blue. Huh? I mean, that means our hearts are shiftable. They're adaptable. Always. Well, bless God, I'm blue and you just need to wrap your arms around my blueness. I don't want to say that towards anything about me. In other words, I don't want to have that proud heart. 
And if I do, I need to repent. Meaning, if I'm a Christian, I need to be submitted to the will of God. And I'm not going to, I don't want to be deceived into thinking that I always see it and know it perfectly. So therefore, I need to be in a position where I'm, I'm changeable. I'm alterable. Hmm? Think that would be a good, a good uh, position for all of us to live our lives in continually. Not, not if something's st- st- straightly stated, <laughs> clearly depicted in Scripture. I don't mean we're going to be bending with that. But I'm going to be bending as far as my life so God can move in me. I don't want to be unalterable by Him. I mean, think about that. What a proud position to be in. God can't change me. Hmm. Look over with me at James. If you find Hebrews, keep going. James is next. James chapter 3. Verse 13, James 3.13. Anybody getting anything out of this? James 3.13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done with, in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. And how many know that's something we should be aware of? Am I just looking out for me? Am I just trying to, trying to satisfy my selfish desires? He said you lie against the truth. Verse 15, this wisdom... This wisdom does not descend from above. So here we go again. Remember Jesus and Peter? This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. And you will find that there is a correlation, a correlation between the, in, in the source of where thoughts come from. Earthly thoughts are sensual thoughts. They are demonic. We could say it this way. Demonic activity works through the sense realm, and it's, it would be considered earthly, as opposed to, you know, we're to be heavenly minded. So demons, their activity against people uses that kind of logic. It's, it's earthly. It's sense-based physical senses. Uh, the word there has to do with the psyche, the soul, all right? It's, it, it, it makes sense sometimes to an earthly-minded person. And earthly-minded people will be deceived all day long by demonic forces. They're earthly-minded, they live in the sense realm, and they're easily deceived by demons, That's the wisdom of this world. Whereas God, on the other hand, His wisdom, His Spirit, is going to lead us in ways that are not selfish. They're not self-centered. They're not self-focused. It's wisdom from heaven. 
And it's the opposite then of earthly sensual. How many know for the Christian? And, and here, here's the deal. We live in a world where the, the voices of this world seem to be getting louder and louder. Louder and louder. So we need to be more grounded and more grounded in the Word so we can discern. And so we can be strong. Because it will, the world will continually hit you to, to try to get you to think earthly, sensual, demonic thoughts. And some of them will make sense. You go, huh, yeah. But go back. What's the origin of this? Go back. Is it self-centered? It's self-based. Is it, is it all sense realm stuff that just gratifies the flesh? Gratify, gratifies the, the, the outward person? Or is it of eternal value? Is it come from the Spirit? Is it the will of God? Does it agree with God's revealed Word? And if we can make some judgment calls based on that, and if it takes a little bit, fine. It takes a little bit. The less words you know, the longer it takes. The more you're grounded in the Word, the more you read the Word every day, the more you listen to uh, good teaching and, and things like that on a consistent and regular basis, and you, you, you get yourself built up in that, the quicker you are to, to recognize, that's wrong, that's right. Amen. Nope, that's not God. Yep, that is God. You'll recognize it on the fly. You'll recognize it in spiritual things. When someone stands up and says, thus saith the Lord, you'll say, no, it's not. Amen. You'll know. No, no, that's just you. I don't mean, now watch. I'm not saying we're going into judgment mode of everybody else and we're condemning. That's not God either. That's how we handle and how we use the knowledge that we have from having an intimate relationship with God and being knowledgeable of His Word. We need to deal with that correctly. Truth and grace. We walk in love. So you're going to know all kinds of stuff. But I'm saying outside of this, if there is a, a severe lack of spiritual knowledge and knowledge of God's ways, we're going to get too many things wrong. Amen. Man, I tell you, the Lord's helping us. He really is. He's helping us to see things through His eyes. And if, and if good people, you know, like Peter, he was obviously left all to follow the Lord, left all to serve Him. He's following the Master used of God, later became, you know, a pillar in the church, but, you know, he was a water walker even in those days. Peter wasn't a bad guy, and he got some things wrong. If you get some things wrong, it doesn't mean your, your heart's wrong, you're a bad person, but, you know, still might get Jesus' finger in your face. Say, <laughs> dude, you are yielding to the wrong spirit there. You are yielding to the wrong spirit. You, do, you are not mindful of the ways of, of God. And I think that's, uh, going back to this, I think I've said it a couple of times, but that's our greatest safeguard in a general sense. Be mindful, as the King James said, savor the things of God. That's my food, your will. That's what sustains me. That's what thrills me. That's what fills my life. Your food, your will, your ways. And that heart motive sets us up to know what's right, to know what's wrong. Amen. Amen. I might even want to throw one extra verse, bonus verse in. Or maybe, hmm. 
I have to find it though. Hmm. It's John something. I thought it was in this chapter. Uh, hmm. Well, it's a good verse. You should look it up sometime. <laughs> Instead of looking at that one, look at First Corinthians chapter two. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter two. Okay, I found the other verse. (laughs) You don't have to turn to it. We can if we want, but it's John chapter 7 and verse 17. More verse 16. Jesus answered and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his who sent me. We want to have that same attitude. I mean, this may come up even on Sunday, along this, this. these, this thinking, my goal is not to be right, I'm right, you're wrong. I, I don't want to argue with people, so I came out and said, well, I won that one. You know, like you might argue with something, j- joking with a friend, and, you know, my team is better than your team, and uh, that kind of thing. When it comes to the surreal things, spiritual, it, it's not about me being right and someone else being wrong. God, let God be true and every man a liar. Okay? I, I don't want to... And I don't need to prove anything. I don't need to be right. That can just be pride-based, selfish-based. Jesus said, my doctrine, and this is Jesus. He said, I got it from him. That's where I got it. So uh, verse, verse 17, if anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. What's our part in this? How can I know whether it's from God or from man? If I have a desire, my will is to do His will. If my will is to do His will, I'm going to have a spiritual sight, a discernment that people who live for their own gain, their own benefit, their own self-promotion are not going to have. And there is obviously then a real blindness that exists in the life of a person who is just self-promoting. They are just trying to, I want to be right, you be wrong. It's just all about me fulfilling my desire. I'm going to live with blindness if that's my heart. But if I will commit to this, I want the will of God. Let the will of God be done in my life, in this church, in my family, in my city. I want the will of God in the earth. I'm I'm going to get sight. I'm going to get understanding. I'm going to get discernment just from having the right heart. I will see things clearly that other people don't see. 
And sometimes, by the way, that can be frustrating when you see it and someone else doesn't and you try to get them to see it, but they just don't. Well, that's when you have to back off and say, okay, cool. I love you anyway. You know, you have the right to be wrong. (laughs) Maybe you don't want to say that. (laughs) But, you know, sometimes you do. How, How many know you can disagree with someone and you don't have to make an issue of it? If you talk to someone, they're not getting on board with you. You don't have to fight with them. You don't have to argue with them. Especially, don't do it online. People are the rudest, most inconsiderate when they're hiding behind their computer. And how many know, if you were, we were to go back there to James chapter 3 and keep reading, you read how strife is the devil. Where there's envy and strife, there's every evil work. The devil gets involved with fighting and arguing. Amen. So if people don't, if you see something and you see it clear and someone else doesn't see it clear, say, okay, love you anyway. You know, we don't have to agree on that. And you know you're right, but what are you going to do? Pray for them. But don't fall into the enemy's trap of having, you know, thinking it's your responsibility to fix everybody. Well, what they're doing is wrong. Yeah, you've probably done a few wrong things too. (laughs) So have I, right? We don't need to be throwing stones. So when you see, see stuff, rejoice in that revelation because it'll make you free. And share with those that you can, that are open. If they're not open, keep going. Did you find 1 Corinthians? Chapter 2. I know I didn't get it there yet, and that's because I was stalling, so I could find the other verse. Verse 14, it reads, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Who's the natural man? For sure that's the unbeliever. Just not going to get it. I think it could also reference a carnal Christian, a Christian who is living a fleshly as opposed to spiritual life, they're just not going to see stuff, all right? But our goal is not to point them out. Our goal is to look back at us and say, am I living a spiritual life or a natural life? Am I earthly minded? Am I heavenly minded? What do I care for? What, what, what is my desire? What do I savor? Huh? And if I will put these things on, on, in the right place on the things of God, I will have discernment that most people in our world don't have. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so I just say this again. The will of God. Does that register with your spirit? The will of God. I pray that way. I'm praying. I prayed that way today. I prayed that way lots of times recently. I want the will of God to be done in the earth. The will of God to be done. Not, not my plan. Not the enemy's plan for sure. Not the ways of man. I want the will of God to be done. Amen. Commit yourself to it if you would. Father, we thank you today for how you're working in us and how you're, how you're helping us to keep our lives on track, to think like you,
to be mindful of your ways. May we not fall into the path, the, the trap, even that Peter did. We thought he was doing good. He thought he was saying the right thing. But it was demonically inspired. It was the ways of man. Help us to see clear, to recognize what you're saying and what you're doing. We want to be on heaven's side in all situations. Father, we commit ourselves to your will, to your ways. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to everybody. So let's do this. Just reaffirm in your hearts tonight to the Lord. Tell them, your will be done in my life. Your ways, your plans, your purposes, your word, your kingdom. May it be established in our hearts. May we be mindful of the ways of God, the will of God in the earth today. The will of God in our lives today. The will of God. The will, the ways, the plans of God. We commit ourselves to it, Father. We commit ourselves to your ways. We dedicate our lives to your path, your plan, your purposes. Where we're we're not seeing it clear, where we're not understanding, show us, Lord. Open our eyes to see. Give us hearts of understanding to know your ways, to know your will. Show us your ways so we can walk in them. Lord, so we can be unhindered vessels that your love and power and grace and might can flow through. We thank you for what you do. Oh, we thank you for what you say. We know your voice purpose to walk in your way hallelujah thank you Lord for good things to come bright days ahead glorious plans being revealed thank you Lord thank you Lord hallelujah oh we praise you oh we thank you for great things to come we're mindful of your plans mindful 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 of your plans your purposes your will be done be done in these last days thank you Lord may we all fulfill our role play our part in your kingdom in your eternal purposes in these last days we give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise in Jesus precious name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, God is good. Amen. Well, I trust some uh, received direction tonight for your life. and got some, some, some discernment, some understanding of the path. I just think we're in a we're in such a time where it's really important to get things right. It's really important to be in the right place at the right time. I don't think there's a whole lot of time left. You? I don't know. I don't know everything about that, but I don't think we got a whole lot of time left. We got a we 
got a, uh, a guest coming in here in a, I don't know, a couple months. Uh, Joe Morris is coming uh, to minister on a, on a Sunday. Uh, on a Sunday, imagine that. Uh, and uh, in July. And uh, he's, uh, of course, very knowledgeable of of end time things and speaks continually among others about end time stuff and where, we, where we're at in, in the realm of God's uh, plan in the last days and so that'll be exciting that'll be, that'll be encouraging uh, praise God let's receive the offering tonight and then we'll finish up I think so if you're giving an offering of course I remind you real quick we're we, we kicked off the expansion officially, 2016 expansion on Sunday. Uh, if you, if anyone missed that, please go to the website lcboise.com, watch a video there uh, that we I made uh, that explains it. Or if you were here and want to see it again, explains what we're doing. And and if you'd like to participate, we trust everyone will pray and seek the Lord as to you know what what He might have you to do to participate in that, and uh, so we can knock that out real quick. Amen? And uh, by the Lord's grace. Father, we pray for this offering tonight. We thank you for the abundance of your provision in every life. More than enough you are. More than enough for us. Thank you for meeting every need. We give by faith. We give with joy. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bless you as you give tonight. Amen. And then, uh, what else was I going to say about that, Mac? All right. <laughs> it was really good. Powerful. Powerful. <laughs> Amen. How many of you received the Holy baptism in the Holy Spirit last week? Lift your, lift your hand if you're in here that you received that last week. All right, several, several, several over here. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Wasn't it, that was an amazing time. I didn't see quite as many hands as there was last week, so I mentioned they didn't receive. Oh, I'm just kidding. I figured if you received the Holy Spirit, you'd be back the next Wednesday. <laughs> That's my logic. Good things are happening. Amen. I know, uh, you know, we were reading the scriptures about how they prayed. Some spoke with tongues and prophesied. And you know, right over here, I remember, spoke in tongues and had a vision. And it was powerful. Powerful. She shared it with me after the service. And, uh, man, God's doing good things. Thank you, Lord. Well, I think we're done for tonight. Uh, next week, we'll be back on with another believers meeting. Let's see what happens. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.